another episode of the Artverse Commerce Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Levy, and we are sponsored by Masters in Motion. This week is with cinematographer Armando Salas. Armando Salas is uh, probably best known for his work on Ozark, which he did uh, season three. And I think one of the um, aspects that I really liked about this episode was talking about the interview process and just hearing firsthand um, how he went into interviews and kind of what went on that that had him you know win the role I think talking with um, Jason Bateman for Ozark and hearing how <clears throat> how he, how he how he kind of handled himself and really I think it ended up being a, a re- realization that it's not necessarily about going in there and telling them about how you want to do their show because in the end they, they kind of know that it's really more about hitting it off and having chemistry um, and I think some of those takeaways made a lot of sense seems very straightforward but it's one of those things that if you have that in mind I could see that working out for you especially when um, you know you're coming into something and and you know the, that next opportunity will be the biggest job of your career um, anything on your resume isn't as big as the thing you're in the room for at, in that moment and you know how to get that job and and what worked for him. So I thought, I thought that was cool and and good to hear. And so, like I said, we are sponsored by Masters in Motion, which is a um, filmmaking conference that happens every year in Austin, Texas. Uh, This December, it'll be the 10th annual and it has a, presentations from ASC cinematographers, AC editors, big time production designers. Uh, and really at the end of the day, the, um, the social aspect is really the best part. And this year for the first time, instead of just a winter one every year, they're going to do one in June, um, <clears throat> in Philadelphia. And, uh, you can check out tickets and more information for that at shootedit.learn.com. So this week is cinematographer Armando Salas. Thanks for being here. When I was looking back through your career and where things started off for you, um, it seems like you really hit the ground running um, out of film school getting an ASC award for best cinematography with a short film that you made in college. And I'm curious about what that type of experience is like to kind of right out the gate make something that gets noticed. Um, What was that experience like and how do you think it maybe impacted those first steps that you took? Um, Well, it was an incredible experience. I... I was in a grad school at Florida State and um, the received the ASC Heritage Award. And, of course, you get to go to the clubhouse and meet all these people who were essentially your idols at that point mm-hmm. and, you know, not really your peers, right? And then um, uh, going to the award ceremony and being a part of that, it's just... I, I wouldn't say that it was... Um, it, it didn't necessarily give me any more confidence because um, it, it's so humbling to be in that room. Mm-hmm. But it's also it all it did reinforce the fact that I had made the right decision of what I wanted to do with my life and having, um, <clears throat> especially for what a kind of uphill battle it is when you're first starting out. Yeah. it's good to have something like that to hang on to because. Um, you know, it takes, at least for me, it took a little over a decade to feel like I was becoming established. It's interesting because um, I think that taking over a decade and stuff like that is definitely something that a lot of people can relate to. It's it's kind of, it's nice to know that that in a way still happened for you, even with that type of award right out of college, that it, it didn't, do you, you don't think it, it maybe, I don't know, fast-tracked anything or put you in a path for what you would do immediately after? 
No, I mean, you know, in the end, uh, it, uh, this job is like the meeting of art and commerce, right? So, like, people need to feel like they can risk their budget on you, you know, and the cinematographer is one of those positions that's totally. that's uh, very much, you know, considered a, a huge risk with an unknown entity. Yeah. So, really, you know, more than a reel, more than being an artist or a craftsperson or uh, someone who's really good at what they do, which obviously you have to be all of those things. In the end, it just comes down to building relationships and having enough people vouch for you that someone's willing to take a risk. So, um, you know, having, having that award was great, but it, it, I, I don't think it fast tracked anything although who knows maybe it would have taken two decades <laughs> <laughs> no no that's an interesting to hear and a good thing to hear because i i think like as you're saying it i'm like of course you know um that that makes perfect sense and uh something that seems totally i guess obvious once it's pointed out um so in, in thinking about that over the next five years at least from like what your imdb has kind of listed um that the, it seems to me that the next big moment in terms of projects was cocaine cowboys the documentary uh, and I guess I'm wondering, how did you get from kind of graduating college and then, you know, five years later you were doing Cocaine Cowboys? What what was that like and how, how did that project come about for you? Uh, well, I knew those um, producers and the director from high school, actually. And I had do done a few projects for them prior to that. Mm -hmm. That's just the first one that got kind of a lot of attention. Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, it, and, and it and it was a long time coming too. I mean, that, that it took a, a couple of years from the time we started shooting to the time it it um, it was released at, at, at I'm trying to think back. Was that at Sundance or Tribeca? I think it was Tribeca. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. So you had been making a bunch of stuff with them that hadn't had the same type of impact. And then this one was the one that that kind of took off. Is that yeah, exactly. What, do you feel and it, like and there it was, took off for them as well? Yeah. Do you feel like um, you could have felt anything different about either the prep of that one, or the work that you were doing, or the or maybe the collaboration you were having with them, where it felt like it was going to have a different level of success as well? Anything that you could pinpoint? I think it's just the the type of story it was. Mm -hmm. You know, it's. It's, it's really connecting with an audience. And, um, you know, their previous documentary was very, very dark and very bleak. Mm. It, it, got a, it, it also got attention and, and, and praise, but it was, you know, difficult to watch. Um, and um, this one kind of had something for everybody. And it was this kind of incredible story that you would not believe if it wasn't for the fact that it was true. Yeah, know? yeah. Uh, so... I think it was, I think it's really just about broader appeal and, and connecting with an audience. It's interesting. I find that that ends up being kind of, it's been something on my mind about how humbling it is that <clears throat> it really, it's beyond your, like the cinematographer's control in a sense, because you can make something beautiful that just doesn't, either the edit isn't there or the subjects weren't really that interesting and it, it doesn't matter really. And like it, that, that you can bring as much as you can to a piece, but like, it's not the only thing that's going to make it 
or break it. And I just, something that I've been thinking about and it, 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 yeah, you know, I mean, I, it's not just, it's not even that. I, I, I mean, there, there, that is obviously an important aspect of it. The script has to be great. The casting has to be great. The story has to be great. It has to connect with an audience. It, you know, it has to succeed at so many levels that it's kind of shocking that anything ever does succeed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, but, um, but even still now there's so much content and so many ways to view it that beyond that, it needs to find the eyeballs as well. So, um, you know, I, uh, I just did a series that I'm really proud of called strange angel and it's on a new platform and it just didn't get the viewership that it deserved. And mm. it's something that, you know, uh, I think could have succeeded had, uh, CBS all access been a more mature platform at the time it was released. Right. Uh, uh, but you know, you, when you talk to people, and you mention it, they don't, they haven't even heard of the service. You know what I mean? So it's like, how do you get beyond that? And it, it could be successful. It's just, you don't, you don't know. It's going to take a few years for, for the dust to settle. It feels like every day there's another um, uh, platform to view content. Yeah, no. And it's fast. And like, that's, if that's the struggle, once you have a, an established career it's like in the beginning it, it it you're living and dying on on each of these projects and if anything really comes of them um even as you're getting better at your craft but it m might not be mattering depending on the success of any given project that you're working on um to yeah, that I'm, end oh yeah you have something well your success is at the whim of the viewing audience and the people surrounded to any specific project. So I shot, you know, a dozen indie features that kind of no one ever saw. Mm. <laughs> and then, I, and I also shot uh, a film for a director I went to film school with, Imong Jin, um, in China, and her career took off. And, you know, the way you're supposed to kind of move up in the ranks happened, but it happened to me kind of in the, the wrong country. So, Oh, that's fascinating. You know, so basically I did four movies in China based on the success of that, of that relationship and that, and those films with her. And, um, I mean, it was a great experience and a great adventure, but you know, I, 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 my life is here. My family's here. I wasn't ever going to kind of transplant. Yeah. So, I had to then kind of reset and 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 turn down work in Asia and and focus on the U.S. Um, and you know that could have just as easily been one of the other indie filmmakers that I made a film with, uh, but that you know where you you think just as strongly or feel just as good about the project or the script or mm -hmm. the director, and it just you know. It goes nowhere. No, that's that's such an interesting um, situation that that you're put in, and and watching your your career grow, but it's not happening in the right market, and that and any growth that you're getting in that market wasn't translating to being able to switch it over. Um, that's yeah. a big decision to then kind of pull the plug and go back. Um, that's hard. I mean, there must have been a lot of of fear in that. Yeah, and there's also a couple of years of not working nearly as much as you want to be or should be yeah 
And th at that point is when the transition happened uh, from features to uh, to series work. Interesting. Well, because I did want to, I don't know if we're getting ahead or not in terms of the timeline, but I was curious to just, if you could call, if you had any thoughts on what um, an early career break was for you, um, a project where things were working out. And I would imagine not, not, in, not the Chinese um, projects, but once you came back, I, I would suppose that would be when that, when that question is really looking for an answer. Yeah. You know, it, it's, 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 a, it's interesting when you have 2020 hindsight. Totally. Uh, but one of the, one of the benefits of having those films in China was basically um, lear learning to communicate with new crews on every project and that most of them didn't even speak English. So, and working at a, a ever bigger scale with each of the films. And in this kind of brave new world of we're shooting things all over the U.S. and we're chasing uh, tax breaks, there isn't that same uh, kind of old school you you have your crew and you kind of work with those same people for 30 years. Yeah. Um, there's definitely great people who I keep coming back to and great people who I keep trying to bring wherever I go, but that's just not the reality of of the industry. Yeah, especially so, shooting in different um, markets. So you're constantly forging new relationships, constantly learning how to work with new people. Uh, and you know i so it's it's like i it's it's really hard to define when you got a break you mm -hmm. know um but definitely once i moved into series then the work really just started to kind of come more rapidly and part of that is again forging new relationships and part of that is just there's there's so much content yeah now that there wasn't 20 years ago. Yeah, I guess that's kind of where the work was going to, where the work opportunities <clears throat> existed at all. Um, when you, are you talking about From Dust Till Dawn? Yeah. Was yeah, that, that was, that was first, the first one? Uh, work in, uh, in scripted television when, or series. Yeah, yeah. When, you, when you went into that, um, how are you feeling preparation-wise going into something that from a production standpoint is definitely a different type of beast um, either because of like, you know, interesting approaches to block shooting or doing, you know, uh, trying to like work on different episodes at different times, um, maybe different directors at different times. I'm not sure how this, um, production was run in, in that regard. What, what, what stands out from this, uh, the experience doing this the first time? Um, you know, it, it was interesting when I, 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 I had all of those questions and I had, and I was nervous, uh, going in because it was, it was the first time. And um, it was an alternating DP uh, show. Uh, I was alternating with uh, Jimmy Lindsay ASC, mm -hmm. and um, which was great. Which means I got to prep each episode with a director. And you know, the scripts were fifty pages, which is half as much as I was <laughs> used to prepping at that point. So right. it was actually really easy for me to kind of know all the scenes and memorize the schedule and kind of 
hold on to all the logistics in my head. And, mm. and, um, and so once I started shooting, it just became the same as everything else I had shot. You know, it wasn't, there wasn't anything different about it because indie films are just as fast. In fact, I had more resources uh, because we had rigging crews and we had the ability to have locations prepped prior to us showing up. Um, and I was used to making such a detailed plans for, for locations because I was very rarely had a full-time rigging crew. A lot of the times we had to implement that, those lighting plans in, in a pre-light or, um, you know, possibly a rigging day. So I was, I was, uh, and, and you didn't have the ability to over rig or to be wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. You, you didn't have the time to change it. So, um, so if anything, I was over prepared because we had, you know, more resources and, uh, more staff and, um, it went great. It was really smooth and it was fun and, and, um, and, you know, that show led to another show and that led to another show and you just start meeting more and more people and, um, and then, you know, kind of build out your network from there. Yeah. I'm also curious now that I was thinking about it, cause I've done some, you know, I've done, um, international production as well, especially with, with local crews, um, in Asia who, don't also are not speaking English and I found you know maybe like only my my keys were speaking English and I found that it it made me so much better at um explaining what I wanted because of how exacting I needed to be with the language barrier and I'm curious if you went through anything like that so that by the time you were back in in from dusk till dawn's set and then you're obviously working with all um English speaking um crew that it you're like that you realize the gains that you had from the interesting situation you were in prior. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was definitely easier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and, um, and, and yeah, the, you know, really clarifying and simplifying what you want in a way that can be easily distilled is an important asset, regardless of a language barrier or not. T totally. So um, that was definitely part of that learning curve. Yeah. And then after From Dust Till Dawn, it's 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 interesting. I, I find that in a lot of the conversations that I have, there tends to be, um, at least maybe in hindsight or on paper, a, a breakout year where things kind of shifted. And I'm always curious to, to talk about that and how much of that w was like felt or perceived in the time or if it wasn't at all. But in 2017, you have um, a feature called Bitch, which gets into Sundance. The Most Hated Woman in America gets into South by Southwest. And a TV series, Mr. Mercedes, comes out um, on DirecTV. And that all is in 2017. Um, that's a really big year. And I'm curious what uh, going into the prep on all of those projects was like. Was it as back-to-back -back as it sounds? And um, was there a sense that you were working on just really great content across the board? Yeah, the content... Of all those things, the only thing that I noticed was the content, you know, in the sense that um, I wouldn't say that I was experiencing that it was a breakout or anything like that. It was just, you know, uh, uh, shooting an indie feature um, that's uh, a Netflix feature, that's a biopic starring Melissa Leo. 
it's a period piece and it was you know a lot of wonderful opportunities for image making as we kind of travel through you know two and a half decades um setting creating and setting the look for mr mercedes uh with jack bender and and you know it's a stephen king property so you get to read the books and um and and have so much more kind of backstory for these characters yeah to help kind of create that world and then we're we're shooting uh i shot the first uh eight of the ten episodes on the first season um yaron levy uh did two episodes a good friend of mine uh did a great job we you know we get to get to create this world the scripts are great the actors are incredible you know it's uh, brendan gleason and harry treadway are are amazing you know in the in the show and um and and bitch which is this tiny micro budget film uh with a producer who i've known forever uh uh josh waller who you know asked me if i wanted to meet mariana palka and and we hit it off and um we did this i think we shot it in like 15 or 18 days Hmm, you know so it's not like it's not like all of a sudden I'm doing a hundred million dollar studio feature. You're just, oh sure. Um, you're just doing these kind of projects that have good stories and good actors and good scripts and and you're you feel proud of work that you're doing. Yeah, that's um, it's interesting. As, it sounds like the content is the thing that that like was improving. They're just the quality of the scripts and the quality of your collaborators reaching a, a different point. Regardless of the, the yeah, map. and and I had worked on great projects before that that went nowhere, but the fact that they're not few and far between, right? That you're actually have some cool projects to choose from. And within those, I mean, those three, I was thinking about them. How just how different they all were, um, in terms of you know one being a drama, another a comedy, another mystery thriller. Um, when you're working on on them, and they're in that close proximity to one another are you finding that i mean maybe even just from the experiences um are they informing anything that comes to the next thing at all like or uh, maybe even in your selection that you want to go if you've done a comedy you want to do a drama and if you've done a drama you want to do something else and trying to keep it fresh in that way not really i mean i i definitely take it one project at a time and um, when you have the luxury of choosing between multiple, uh, you know, projects or scripts, it's really just about what you connect with mm-hmm. and what you think is going to be the best fit for you as a, as a cinematographer. You know, what you can bring to the table, your connection with the director or the producing director or the showrunner or whatever the, you know, the, depending on what, um, whether it's a feature or a TV show. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, I don't really, don't really think of it in terms of genre very much. What were, what was it about these directors that you were, that you were connecting with? I'm curious about the relationships that you're having with them and directors in general. What, what are you uh, looking for? Well, first of all, a passion for the project and, you know, really wanting to craft something special, you know, and feeling like it's going to be fun and exciting to go to work every day. 
Yeah. You know, um, we, we, we work really long hours and, um, you want to know that you're going to have a, a rewarding experience during that time, you know? Um, so that's a big part of it. And feeling like their take, their vision on the project makes sense to you because otherwise it's going to be very difficult to deliver that over the course of the shoot. Yeah. For something like a series where you're crafting it from, from um, the start with something like Mr. Mercedes, what, what type of um, collaboration is happening on that between you and the director, like in terms of the visual language and how much you are kind of saying that I think that it should be this and they're, they're giving kind of their thoughts on your initial pitches or is it, is it more um, collaborative from the start on that? Well, it's, it's it, in that particular, every project is different. Mm-hmm. So some projects you'll come to them and it'll be like, this is the show, you know, this mm. is what we want. This is what we want you to deliver. And it's just a, whether you want to do that or not, <laughs> you know, <laughs> True. and then in, in other cases, it's, uh, it's kind of a blank slate. And then you also have everything in between. Um, in the case of, of Mercedes, it was much more freeform and poetic in terms of what Jack, uh, the, the way he described the project. And he, it was about these broken characters in a time where the economy has collapsed in the U.S. And, um, and you know, he, he, he could go on and on and on about the show, but it wasn't, there wasn't ever, it wasn't like, this wants to be handheld, this wants to be on a crane, this wants to be, you know, cool and desaturated or warm. And, you know, it was much more about what the world was. Mm. And then me showing him images and references and shooting tests so that we were on the same page as to how that translated visually. Is that what you prefer? Because that sounds like a, like a, a more enjoyable way from my perspective in terms of like someone talking to me theoretically about what they think the bigger picture is and then you having the freedom to kind of, well, what does that mean technically and present your thoughts on it? Yeah, I mean, it's a it's definitely rewarding. It's not necessarily what I prefer in the sense that if you have someone who has a very clear vision, mm-hmm. that could also be rewarding in the sense that yeah, true. You're, you're now spending a lot of your time and energy on really refining the nuances and really kind of elevating that mm-hmm. to the to, to the highest level of what that thing is. Yeah, that's a know? good point. Um, so one of the things I really love about this profession is that it's constantly changing. The tools are changing. You're working with new people, new directors, new content, new scripts. And so even though your job is essentially the same, you know, it's, it, it, it's, it's, you know, you'd have to go out of your way to be bored <laughs> <laughs> and, and to get into a rut, you know, because, um, you know, even on long projects, it's six months and then you're done, you know, you're on something else, mm-hmm. you're technically unemployed until you start the next thing, you know, so, um, compared to, you know, any other career where you're kind of doing the same thing and kind of slowly moving up over the course of 30, 40 years and then you retire, you know, this is, this is a, it's a great place to be where you're always learning from other people. You're always growing. You're always experimenting and trying to be fresh and, and 
see things from another perspective. And yeah, I mean, I think that that for for the majority, I, I I always joke about the fact that I'm like, you know, you put you put me for, you know, an overtime twenty hour day in the bush, and I'm your man. But like eight hours in a in a in an office space, and I think that you would fire me within like the first three. Right. Exactly. And it's just it's just a way of 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 going about things. Um, I guess that 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 does bring us up to Ozark. Um, I was really looking forward to to chatting about this with you because I I think um, from a from a cultural standpoint, Ozark seemed to cut above be above the fray in terms of how much is out there and that a lot of things get lost. Ozark definitely um, entered the zeitgeist in a way that a lot of shows haven't. And you entered into the show for season two, and I'm curious um, how that came about and what it was like to come into a show that had a certain level of notoriety coming into it. As far as the notoriety, you know, I don't, it's great. Like, I was like, okay, cool. I mean, it's got a built-in audience. As long as we don't screw that up, it'll be, (laughs) it'll continue to be successful. Sure. Um, It was, but it was more that I, I um, watched the show and really loved it and thought it'd be great fit, you know. Um, Why'd you think it would be a great fit? Well, because it's kind of, it's kind of a nuanced considered look where you're basically curating reality and you know you have to be very invisible with what you do even though there's a lot happening all the time you know um when you kind of really study what's happening in terms of camera moves and and lighting it's there's a lot of work being done but to the layperson it should feel like very very much like this is just being presented in front of you um Mm-hmm. So, um, you, you know, it, it definitely doesn't have a polish to the lighting. Um, it it seems like, you know, you're kind of in this oppressive world where the, even when the sun is shining, it doesn't quite break through the trees onto the actors. You yeah, know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're always um, once away from uh, kind of mortal danger, right? And... Um, the, the, every solution the the characters come up with to get them out of a problem creates you know three more problems they have to deal with and you know that that sense of kind of dread and um and you know the feeling of kind of being drowning in problems and in your circumstances is you know embedded into the look of the show yeah what were your first initial questions i think i guess how, how what are you how are your questions different um, when it is already a show that has had a season under its belt and you're getting called in for those initial discussions, like what, what kind of things were, were you hoping to figure out uh, that, that might have been different because of that situation? Well, when you have an existing property and one that's successful, then the conversations are really just about whether you're going to be a good fit, you mm. know? Um, not really so much about... Um, what happens when you're coming onto a show that, that, that doesn't exist yet and is being kind of built from the ground up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my first conversations were with, uh, with Ben Cutchins, who is, uh, he was there season one and he was, he and I alternated on season two. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, my, we, we, we both share the same agent, uh, Craig Mizrahi at innovative and he put us together thinking that we would hit it off. And so I was uh, in Vancouver shooting six at the time, and um, 
you know, jumped on a five minute FaceTime call with him, chatted about the show. Um, do you remember what like what kind of things you were talking about the show with him? Like what 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 was it that you guys were in agreement on or vibing on? <clears throat> you know. I don't know that my brain works that well anymore to remember <laughs> the details of the conversation, but it's, it's just more, it, it, it's really just more casual and, um, seeing if you're going to be a, a good fit, you know, um, it's basically like online dating, you know, um, are we going to get along? Is it worth going on that first date? You know? Yeah. Um, and that first day was basically recommending me to, to Jason and mm-hmm. um, and he and I had like a uh, a few days later, he and I had like a you know half an hour FaceTime call, and um, and then I got the job, you know. So then then it was just about um, coming in, and um, you know that half hour you know, call was with 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 uh, Jason Bateman. I'm sorry. That half yes, hour call was with Jason Bateman. Bateman. And yeah, what exactly. what was he hoping to talk to you about in that? You know, it, again, it was just like, it was just like the things that he particularly liked about the show and kind of the way the flow of the, the set and what it's like shooting in Atlanta. Hmm. And, you know, it's just very conversational. Again, yeah. it's like, am I going to want to deal with this person for 12 hours a day for the next six, six months? Um, you know, at that point, before you even get to the point of a phone conversation, they've already called like everybody you've ever worked with, <laughs> yeah. you know? Um, so, uh, and they've seen your, they've seen your, your reel. I think Jason had watched the pilot to Mr. Mercedes. Uh, um, he had watched some stuff from six, which is kind of like large scale action. Mm-hmm. So there is no question about whether you're competent enough to do the show at that point. Sure. It's, it's really just, um, when I talk to this guy, does he understand the words that come out of my mouth? And when he responds, do I like the answers? You yeah, know? yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, we got along great, and um, and I was fortunate enough to get the offer. And um, and and then you know things went very well from there. Chris Mundy, the showrunner, and I had a great rela- relationship. A great relationship with the producers. Um, it you know it. It, it all went really well. And so now you have this baseline for what the look of the show is, what the show is. And then from there, you get to let that evolve with the scripts. And season three, there's a, a, an even big revolution, um, a much bigger revolution. You know, season two is really just like that kind of the danger continues to close in um, and how they're going to react to that. Yeah. But so it's just even more bleak. And more oppressive than season one. Season three, it's them being proactive, and uh, they now have a casino, and it's this kind of uh, a, a, a bit of a. Uh, it's still very much the same show. You're not going to all of a sudden be like, "What am I watching?" You know, it's but it's um, the look uh, definitely grows and evolves with the storyline. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. I I I'm a fan of the show, and we actually uh, I had a shoot in. Um savannah around the time that you were filming down there and there was just like a buzz about that ozark was, was filming around town it's just it's, oh, right. it's yeah it's cool it's cool to just be on something that has that kind of 
buzz around it. With with Jason, I was also curious because I've been in this position before, and I'd love to pick your brain about it too. When you're working with um, an actor who's also directing, um, I know he didn't direct every episode, but you've been involved with uh, some episodes that he was. And on top of that, he's also an EP. So what what is that? Um, how do you how do you go about that? Well. I don't know how you go about that in general because <laughs> I've only that's only really been with uh, with JB and how'd you do it with him? Yeah, and he's he's a pro. I mean, it's kind of effortless. It doesn't really change anything. No, there wasn't anything um, about your your. I, I don't no, know the I'm, normal ways that you the, behave the, that shifted. The episodes the episodes he directed were with uh, with Ben. So you know, I did a couple scenes with him oh, okay. as a director and. You know he's he's set he's you know setting up a shot the same way any director does, and then if he's not in the scene, he's truly a director. Mm-hmm. You know, and and then if he is in the scene, he just steps in and and does the scene, and it, it's it's kind of amazing <laughs> how effortlessly he does it. And then when he's not directing, to his credit, he really gives the directors um, freedom to do what they do and he doesn't really you know meddle in their uh in in them kind of being at the helm of that episode yeah i'm sure they have ample conversations beforehand so that they know the the style of the show and what what is expected from them you mm-hmm. know um but on when he's an actor in a scene he's an actor in a scene and um and then his executive producer had is more um when we are uh, prepping and um, you know constant meetings and tone meetings whenever he's available to join you know that's really when he can give his two cents um, yeah well it's interesting that it that he also has the ability to let go with the different directors because I was also curious and you've worked on a lot of TV now and had a lot of different directors working on the same material that you've been shooting many episodes for um, what is it I'm I haven't experienced that yet what what is it like when I guess you're getting different um, either direction or vision about about a piece of content that you have been shooting um, from multiple episodes from different people. Are there any anything that you think that you do or advice on like how how you have gotten better at dealing with that? Has there has there been anything of a, of a learning curve in that regard? Well, it it's a learning curve versus features where the direct where it's the director's vision, yeah. you know, and and you're executing that vision and then in TV when unless you're the producing director or the one setting the you know doing the pilot setting the the look and feel of the show you're coming to an existing property and you are putting your stamp on it but you, your stamp can't drast- dramatically change the vibe or the tone of the show yeah so um a lo- if the relationship is functioning properly and then in in prep you're kind of defining those things that you're going to do in terms of how you're going to stage and block and, and shoot the scenes at the, at the different locations or stage builds or whatever it is. And so very quickly you bump up against any questions about would this be appropriate for the show? And the directors generally do ask that of the DPs if, if there is a question, you know, um, you know, if we go for this moment, if, if, if this was all a oneer where we never see the other character who's talking because we want to be completely in his head, mm-hmm. you know, um, and I want to shoot that 
you know, very close with a wide angle lens, handheld right on top of him, you could be like, yeah, that's great. That's, that's, that's exactly right. You know, that's, that's, that's you're kind of the steward. Yeah. That's, that's what we do here. That's going to be awesome. We can make that work or you go, you know, <laughs> that's, that's a, a big leap from what we have been doing. I like the idea, but we should definitely discuss that with the showrunner or with the producing director or whatever it is. Yeah. 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 Now that's super interesting. And would you say, are you favoring a certain um, TV to, to feature or you, you like both for their different um, challenges? Yeah. I, you know, I've, I've been very fortunate that when I started shooting, you know, series work, um, it was kind of the beginning of this golden age of TV, even though technically most of what I shoot is streaming. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been able to choose these amazing projects to be a part of. Um, so the conversation is just very different of TV versus features now, you know, um, and you have these kind of heavyweight feature actors doing scripted series, right? And everyone expects, you know, feature grade cinematic images. Um, and, and a lot of the shows that I'm shooting don't have any kind of mandate for traditional coverage or a certain amount of coverage or being able to kind of pace it up or limp or change dialogue, mm-hmm. you know, after the fact, which is kind of one of those things that dictates having to get a lot of shots of, you know, traditional coverage, which becomes a little bit monotonous, you know? Yeah. Um, so because of those things, I, I've been really happy and satisfied. I still do want to shoot features again and, um, and would happily do one if, if the script is right and, 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 um, you know, it's a good fit. Yeah, because I guess in to to start wrapping things up, just curious about when you're thinking about the where you want to be going in the next couple of years. Are you um, thinking about that deeply? Is there a lot of um, like proactive um, thoughts and conversations going on for that, or is it more kind of just letting things uh, manifest in a way that isn't as um, maybe hands on or trying to control? Uh, I mean, you always have to be on top of what your career should be. Otherwise, it kind of gets out of control. <laughs> you know, it just kind of gets away from you. Yeah. Um, but as far as whether it's a feature or a series or something else, um, is not as important to me as much as it is. You know, am I going to be a, am I going to be proud to have been part of this? Mm. Um, do can I put my stamp on this project? Can, you know, is this going to be rewarding? Is this going to elevate my career? You know, and then if you get all three of those boxes checked, then it's a, it's a no brainer, right? Totally. Totally. Well, thank you uh, for the hour. It's been, um, it's been great hearing about your path through everything. And uh, it was, it's fun to talk about Ozark. Um, Really looking forward to seeing more of that. It seems like uh, there's nothing that Jason Bateman can't do lately with uh <laughs> with this and outsiders uh, he's a total beast and it's, it's cool to hear from um you know your, your experiences working with him as well as everything else yeah season three is gonna be good awesome awesome well thank you so much for your time and uh really appreciate it